Welcome to the Millennial Mom. I'm your host, Maria Fairfax. Today, my guest is Dan Mangieri. I'm super stoked to have Dan on my show. He holds a degree in environmental studies and has a passion for skateboarding, snowboarding, guitar, mechanics, kayaking, and of course, a love of the outdoors. Five years ago, he moved from Tivoli, New York to Golden, Colorado. He's a self-employed millennial that's definitely pursuing his best life. Dan, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm stoked for the opportunity to talk about it and how it all went down. Awesome. Listen, I've always wondered, what did you what did you ever do with that prelude that you took off my hands? Oh man, that thing was gone like the next day. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah a bunch <laughs> of guys came and got it. Um, yeah. And you flipped it, huh? It, it vanished, yeah. I think I sold it for like 300 bucks or something. That's so cool, that's yeah. so cool. How did yeah. you even get started with doing cars? So when I was younger, my first car was a truck and then I got this Mazda and that was like what kicked off like my passion for it. And I blew uh -huh. it up after my mom had dumped like probably 1800 bucks into it. And I blew the motor up um, oh drive, driving through a giant puddle, yeah. And so my mom was like, you have to figure out how to do this your own way. And that's how it started. Like I bought my own tools and uh, my friend Willie just came over and we started tearing it apart. And ever since then, that's how it started, you know? How long did it take you to fix that car? Uh, it was probably a, a little bit, a few months. I had to get an engine and yeah, it was a, I was like 16 at the time, so. Okay, all right. Uh, well, and it was just like me and my buddy in the garage, you know, we were younger teenagers. We didn't really know what we were doing. Like <laughs> super ghetto work. And, you know, like school hard knocks is, it's just a great uh, phrase for my mechanic experience, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. And then what was it like for you growing up in Tivoli? Cause I didn't even realize until, I knew Tivoli was small but I didn't know how small. Do you know what it says on Google? It's a it's, hamlet. It's like less, it's, it's, <laughs> it's less than 1,500 people. Oh my gosh, just like 1,083 people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what, honestly, after moving out here and like telling a lot of the stories about growing up and where I was from, like, you'd think it was like from the city or something, but I, I feel like typically kids got into a lot of shenanigans when we were younger, so. Um, it definitely, we all had a lot of freedom as kids. I don't think it was the same as it is now, you know? Oh, really? Um, yeah, and I feel like my generation, like, you know, just being outside all the time, we didn't have electronics. Like, we weren't vegging out on that stuff a lot, so. We that's, were what always about, just, that's what I was about to ask you, if like, yeah, you like, got into electronics or you were mostly outside. Yeah, we were mostly outside. I mean, we had like, you know, we had time for that stuff when we were younger, video games, but once I hit like 13, 14, like, video games were kind of on the back burner unless it was like you know tony hawk game or something that we all wanted to play you know like that's right, otherwise yeah. we were outside tearing it up like doing whatever we could do you know that's cool um, so, something with wheels a bike a skateboard a scooter whatever <laughs> you know that was my childhood up in tivoli and it was that's yeah everybody knew each other's parents walking around and you know, it was like a much more personal experience like you felt like people were looking out for you when you went to the pizza place and so that's, that's cool. That's this super small cool. Fields is definitely a great place for a kid to grow up. Was it a big adjustment moving from Tivoli to Colorado or no? Uh, 
it was a better adjustment. Like it was just so much more laid back and like it felt like the first time, like it was like a different home, you know? I was like, wow, I could really live here. Uh, when I came out to visit, I was totally in, in love with Golden and I just didn't think I'd find a place out here because it's super expensive. Um, but How much yeah, time I, was it in between the time that you visited and then you decided, then you actually moved? It was like three months. So Seriously? I came out. I came out and I got really lucky. I like gave up. I was looking for houses all because uh, I definitely wanted a house and I wanted to, some roommates um, just because I have a ton of crap that I just need to store kayaks and everything. Um, right. So I was looking for a house. Couldn't really find one in, in like Golden where I wanted to live. And Denver was just I was looking at houses that were terrible. They were so small and just I wasn't really into it. And then like last minute I found this ad on Craigslist and I thought it was a scam, honestly, uh, but it wasn't. I turned out to get a really sweet house in Golden. And, you know, and that's where you've been ever since? better, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. That's totally cool. Now tell me about um, when you were a teenager, um, you said that you went to, you learned how to do whitewater kayaking. Was that yeah, your first so experience? So that was like an interesting <laughs> experience in my life because I didn't really know that like I could, you know, do these things like be athletic on a skateboard or a kayak or whatever, you know, like I was chunky. I was just not like a, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> was, like I wanted to be athletic, but there was no way I was expecting to like carry a boat down to the street. I know. Did you no. know that you were going to be doing this? No, like, I had no idea. <laughs> my mom like entered me in a raffle and I- Are and, you serious? Yeah, like at some like wild, I don't know, maybe it was Boy Scouts or something, hunt, some uh -huh. hunting thing because my mom was into that. Uh-huh. And I ended up winning. So I went to this camp for two weeks for free. And it was like full on like whitewater kayaking training, like flipping upside down and like nearly drowning. <laughs> oh my goodness. With a whole bunch of other kids my age too, so. But I'm, I'm thinking that they probably had some experience. I mean, usually, or no, or was it just- No, I mean, it was just basic? like straight from scratch. Like you got in a boat, you learn how to paddle, you learn how to like go in the lake and then you learn how to flip upside down and then they sent you on like gradually harder and harder rivers to go on. So we'd that's, start in like class cool. one with little waves, class two, class three, and then that was like kind of where we kept it. And then after that, how did that kind of, how did that experience kind of change things for you? I think just the adrenaline. I just loved being outside and there was so much decision making in all of it. Like, I mean, you can't not pay attention to what you're doing for a second or else something can happen. So. Gotcha. Uh, that just went right with skateboarding and snowboarding and just everything, you know, just spiraled into racing cars and quads and snowmobiles. <laughs> Every, and all that good stuff. And then you yeah, started, yeah. and then um, you started your own business, like landscaping. Was that while yep. you were still in high school? So yeah, I had been working for somebody in Red Hook and um, I had a lot of experience landscaping at that point. And I was like, why not? just do it myself so I uh, my cousin was selling like a big landscaping package uh, for super cheap and I picked it up and I started um, started my own company doing like grading driveways and fall cleanups and uh, just like machinery work with tractors and post hole digging and so, now, would you do it by yourself or did you have other people with you? I had people help with me. It was mainly by myself, but if I had like a bigger job, I'd, you know, but if I'm brush hogging or something like I didn't need any help. What's brush um, hogging? Like, like 
mowing down a field, like a heavier field. Oh, okay. More, you know, like a more thick field. Yeah. So, or if and, I was, and I, and I only live 30 minutes outside of where you live. Yeah, you're I, like, I don't know what fresh hogging is. Yeah. Totally different <laughs> world there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd have some people help, usually friends who are being bums. I'd be like, Hey, you want to come work for three days? <laughs> like, I gotta go put this driveway in, you know, or whatever. That's so cool. Like you're yeah. your own, you're your own boss back then. Like running yeah. things. So that's kind of where it started, yeah. And then I was like, I don't want to work for anybody else. I did it a few times, but yeah. Let me tell tell me about when you got your degree and then you were doing the. Uh, so assessment. yeah, I went to school and got my degree in environmental studies, and then I started working for a company doing environmental assessments for cell phone companies, basically. Um, okay. I got pretty bored of that pretty quickly. I, it just wasn't really my thing. And at the time, I was just making way more money doing cars. And I was like, why am I like doing this like job that I don't really want to do? It was super sporadic and um, it was it was good money. It was definitely good money. Right. Um, and it was fun. It was like in my line of work. You know, I really liked doing that. I would do soil assessments and just like take pictures and describe everything. And right. um, it was fun. It was outdoors a lot. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I had to answer somebody and, you know, wasn't really making my own schedule. I get a call yeah. and be like, hey, you got 75 things you got to go do in Long Island. And I have to go out for like a week or whatever, however long it took me to do that. Gotcha. Um, and then come back. Yeah. So out of nowhere, I'd have just like a ton of work. Um, but I'm grateful for it. I made a ton of money doing it. So um, now, did you I always save your money to like, did you know that you were going to eventually move? Because I know you had to save money. I and mean, that's the thing I like. like yeah. uh, I always have to like have money to make money, you know, like if I'm buying cars and stuff, I always have to have like a nice chunk of change to do that with, to invest money in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always saving. It was kind of just a matter of the time until like, like I had enough money where I felt comfortable. I was like, all right, well, I'm about to blow like half of my savings moving across the country, but like, hopefully this is worth it, you know? Were you nervous? I was, but I don't know. I'm, I honestly just don't get really nervous about things. I kind of just like take it day by day. Um, I was more like, I don't think I was nervous about what was going to happen with my life. It was like when I was leaving my family, I felt like I was leaving a lot behind. Like I was, at that time, like I'd been, you know, basically raising my nephew and helping out with everything yeah. around the house. Like I was the man of the house and I was like super nervous. I mean, the first year, I think I went back like four times, like, doing the really? leaves yeah like you know just like <laughs> like i would just go back and like check in and make sure everything was good and fix everybody's cars and that's like, cool it, it definitely left like a big hole in my family when i left and i felt like more nervous about leaving that behind than i did like like i almost felt guilty coming out here you know? oh really i was like man i'm like going to my paradise but i am like leaving my family you know hanging uh, a little bit because it yeah. is far away you know like it's it's a 30 hour drive and I have a dog. That's it's true. The big That's right. distance to travel. How was that but, drive, driving it from, uh, driving the trailer? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was miserable. So Pennsylvania was all like headwinds of like 40 miles an hour. And oh. so I think I was getting like five miles to the gallon in my truck. Oh. So I had to keep filling up all the time. So Pennsylvania sucked and there was just cars and trailers everywhere like off the road did you uh, do it yourself by yourself no i went with my ex-girlfriend we moved out here together okay uh, and she was in her car behind me we had some walkie-talkies and 
we drove across country like that. Oh wow, but still, uh, that's I wasn't really by myself, but it was a lot of driving. I've done it so many times now that it's just like. Oh, you've gone back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh over, really? Probably over ten times. I'm about to do it again in Christmas. Yeah, because I have Bandit, and I'm not gonna. I can't fly with him. Oh, you that's know, right. That's right. I got right. a big chocolate lab. He's not very uh, yeah. plane friendly, and I don't know. Yeah, and, no, yeah, I just, the, I, I just can't work think. Out. I know it's just with the weather though. That's what sucks. It's yeah, like, yeah, and I know in the summertime it's like tornadoes because you're driving right through Kansas, and then uh, the winter time is it's winter storms. But it's a lot different out here. I mean, we you know we get extreme weather. I mean, we do in New York too, but uh, yeah, just, no, just yeah. east of me, like four hours, like is tornadoes. You know, like it's. It's right there. We're right on the edge of it. And then right on the other side is giant mountains that get a ton of snow every year, you know? I know. I was just out in uh, Denver in September, and the mountains looked totally different. And I wasn't, I was there for a conference, so I didn't get to check it out. Is it because, is there less trees or what is it? Because yeah, they look more know, so jagged. It's like, like It's alpine tundra, so it's like above tree line is like 10,000 feet, you know? Um, there's no trees. It's just barren rock and like juniper. Oh, I guess that's uh, why they call it the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that and like we have like the Rocky Mountain. It's like the Colorado windshield because it's so rocky. Like there's always rocks on the road and everybody has cracked windshields. Oh, shut up. So it's, yeah, so it's like the Colorado windshield. Like all my windshields are busted. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no, there's no law for it like New York, so you don't get pulled over. Oh my God! I'm, right now, I'm driving a car right now that has a cracked windshield, and yeah. I don't. It was. I don't even know. I just. And the guy that inspected my cars, because like you know how you get to know people and they just yeah. you up. He said that windshield is all types of wrong, but I'm just gonna yeah. pretend like I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it's much different out here. There's so much more laid back. Like I said, they're really you gotta try to get pulled over. It's, yeah, it's not like New York where yeah they're looking to pull you over. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't get nervous anymore. It's so funny. It's like a trigger reaction. Like. I don't get nervous out here when there's a cop behind me. But in New York, when I'm visiting, I get nervous because I've been pulled over like I know. While, while I'm traveling home so many times, like not even in my own car, my sister's car, my mom's car. Just it's just like, like you randomly cop. just get, I know, I still, even when a cop uh, goes past me, yeah, you're like, oh. I, just, I look right, I look through the rear, I look out my rear view mirror like, okay, yeah. it, it, are they turning around? Because they do that, they do that so much. Yeah, that was a big thing too. It was, it's like, you know, in Tivoli and Red Hook and New York, you know, it's just like everything is frowned upon, like driving in the winter and like doing donuts and stuff. Like we were all- It's not fun, I know. And out here, they like give you like the rock on sign. Like the yes. cop is waving to you while you're going sideways. Well, that's different. funny because my husband's from Alabama and he like, he, he has a huge truck and he he loves to do donuts. I'm like, honey, you can't. They're gonna, they're gonna pull us over. That's funny. <laughs> you yeah. can't just peel off in that black smoke. That's not that's not cool here. No, out here they don't they don't care about that stuff. So, um, how did you know that you're gonna be working on cars? Or are you gonna do? Because you work on Subarus. Did you already know that that's what you were gonna do when you came out here? Because it was like I mean, three months between the time you just, you visited and then you decided, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I knew I had enough money to kind of like float for a little while and see how it was. Um, and it, it didn't take me long. Like, I think I bought two cars within the first like,
couple months that I was here and sold those and made a bunch of money off of them. So I was like, all right, this is totally doable. Uh, and then like I sell stuff on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace all the time. So people know me through that. Like I gain customers. I don't even put my name out there anyway. Like I just have a client base that all comes to me through word of mouth or like Craigslist or Facebook. So it just kind of, it didn't like blow up, but it was sustainable enough for me to be like, oh, this is totally, uh, you know, yeah, little totally. niche market that I can, you know, make money out here. That's sweet. Now you did mention that you were, that you kind of want to get away from maybe the hands-on type of work and maybe do something different. Is it because you've been doing it for so long or you kind of want to transition maybe into something else? I know you said you don't really think that far ahead. Yeah. I mean, it all started as like a hobby, you know, like it was more fun for us to be working on the cars. Like when I was younger, I wasn't really making money doing it. Um, so now I feel like uh, like my race car for Rallycross always needs work and I'm like always just putting my own like hobbies on the back burner because of work, you know, on other cars. Okay. So I'm less motivated to do mine. Um, and now as I'm getting older, it's just, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's a it's hard work and you're playing around in oils and it's just not a fun job really, you know? Um, gotcha great paying and you know it's it's I work on my own time which is nice but uh, I think it's just getting tiresome in that way that I'm just tired of like getting all oily and greasy and rolling around under cars I know my my husband does gas and pipeline work and he's like mm. yeah, and yeah like, it's it's like, like it's a hard trade you know like over time kind of like all right my knuckles are always busted up. My thumbs today is like purple. <laughs> like, I'm always doing something different. I'm like, yeah, just like shit splashing on me. And <laughs> exactly. Oh know, my I'm God. just like, yeah. I think about people who sit behind a desk and like don't have to deal with any of that. Um, I'm not, you know, by any means wishing I did that. I already did that, but um, yeah. yeah, eventually. I'd like eventually, to yeah. Yeah, do something a little bit more like managing the shop or something like that right still running it yeah yeah still Definitely. doing it like working yeah. every once in a while but i'd rather just have somebody you know underneath me working and that i can train or whatever that would be um, cool do you yeah, know yeah. now that you probably could do that with or just um i'm in talks with another kid who i actually met through craig like on craigslist he bought one of his cars off of me and he does the same thing i do uh okay we're gonna try and talk about maybe getting something going that's a little bit more what we both want to do like have like two workers underneath us and a, us because there's a lot of aspects like buying the car towing like you know if you are going to auctions to buy them like it's it's a lot of time just not even doing mechanic work just you know paying that's people it. and picking stuff up and parts and uh that's kind of the stuff i'd rather take over knowing you know and having like a trustworthy mechanic under me but for now it's fine the way it's going. It's going, yeah. Now tell yeah. me about your hobbies that you do that you just don't have much time to do now. I wouldn't say I don't have much time. I definitely take my my leisure time for activities, but right now it's starting up on snowboarding season and um, ripping the snowmobiles out and doing some backcountry snowboarding. Uh, we just went out there for two days in a row, but the avalanche conditions were pretty bad out here. Um, We've been getting a lot of snow, but it was really heavy on top of like some weak snow. Oh. Um, so when you go all the way oh, out there, no. 
probably like eight miles in the backcountry on the snowmobile. And then like when you look around 360, you know, you're at like 12,000 feet and you can just see all the avalanches all over the place. Um, so it's getting there. It's, it's, the season's ramping up, but yeah. Um, yeah, that. I, I love watching that, your. I love watching you on your GoPro. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to get some more videos out. I'm just having trouble with my new camera now. GoPro, figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's always fun. I think that's definitely a big part of it too. Is like I like to share my experiences when I feel they're special. So if I'm going out and I know I'm going to get into something a little gnarlier than usual or. I definitely like to film and like put an edit out or like if I'm doing rally cross. Yeah. But pretty much in the wintertime, man, my hobbies are really just working on cars and staying, you know, trying to stay healthy throughout a season, <laughs> not get hurt. Not get hurt, right? Yeah. yeah. What's the worst um, injury that you've gotten? Snowboarding. So when I was like 23, I broke my back at Hunter Mountain. So I broke, yeah, five vertebrae and like dropped my entire spine into my pelvis. Um, yeah, it was it was a brutal fall. I fell from probably like 25 feet. Um, and yeah, they let me out of the ER room. And then I went back like a month later uh, and then I had a, several fractures in my vertebrae. I had to go through a bunch of MRIs and wear a special brace and yeah, that's just the gist of it. I mean, I've had hip surgery, wrist surgery. <laughs> the list, the list goes on. The list goes uh, on, but you still, back, hey, back you're still worse. doing it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like, I don't know how much longer I am going to be doing it, but at least like life in the fast lane worked out for me while I was younger. So I don't really have any regrets about that. But I am feeling it nowadays. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, why was I so stupid when I was younger? Right, exactly. Yeah. Do, you find, do you find like as you get older, you're just, you're, are you more careful or is it- Oh kind of yeah, okay. absolutely, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I used to like go in the park all the time. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. I like mess around on little stuff, but yeah, no more big jumps. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, it's it's way different too. Like when I grew up in New York, that's all we had was like going, you know, to the park, like to have fun, like jump off stuff. That's it. Yeah. And here, it's like you have natural features, and all kinds of amazing terrain you can ride that gets 500 inches of snow every year. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. It's and this way, is definitely way like your, Yeah. This is definitely your space. This is your. Yeah. Space. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like if there's a whitewater kayaking park down the road. There's mountain biking. People hang gliding off the top of the mountains. Like that was what like captivated me when I came here. I'm like, this is awesome. Like they just give you so much stuff to do. Um, and I wish there was like a more more of a recreational point in in New York like that. You know. I don't even know how you would even go about doing that i guess somebody would have small towns you know like the front range is spread out in like three major cities or more than that but you know like there's they're all right on the front range of the mountain and they're all kind of put together so it's much more spread out in new york it'd be harder to do that yeah you said something about the fact that you um environmentally as a country you think that we don't we're a little complacent yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even think just I'm, me personally, too, like I can be complacent about things, but I think a lot of people are ignorant to like your usage of stuff and like single use plastics. And, you know, every time you go to the grocery store, 
yeah, I try and think just like how much can I minimize my plastic usage, like buying food tonight or whatever. I know it's interesting in Connecticut they don't give out plastic bags anymore. Yeah, and it's great. It, like it, it would so like it's crazy because in Europe you think in America we'd have the same thing. Like it's forward thinking here, but over there it's been a thing forever. They don't have you have to buy plastic bags, like, and they're expensive. So nobody has them. Everybody has reusable bags. I know. I, I'm starting to feel really yeah. guilty whenever I have like a water bottle or I just, yeah. it's starting to really bother me that I'm not. Well, it's just like even just a water bottle, but like, where's the water coming from? You know, like what is being used essentially, you know, like as a resource that we should all have, not what you're paying for it, you know? That's true. Uh, That's true. Yeah, and just the usage. So I feel like a lot of us don't do that. I think the, like a large part of the people that I know are very conscious about what they use, but I know some of them aren't. Do you think it's uh, just where you're at in terms of like uh, in the country where you live, or do you think it's? Oh, out here is definitely way more. Um, it, it's it's goes both ways because there's so much garbage everywhere here uh it's a it's a city like it there's just no people driving around with stuff in the back of their trucks like it's just everywhere you know okay um whereas like somebody you find it in tivoli like they make a stink about littering you know like there's garbage everywhere you look here um but there is a lot more um like just ways to be less consumed like a consume less plastic here you know we have whole foods and natural grocers there's like so many different grocery stores to go and um just get you know items that aren't wrapped in plastic right whereas like you got to go to hannaford and you're going to go buy corn and there's like one place and it's wrapped in a bunch of saran wrap you know i, I just it's crazy because you're just going to take it it's, it's just a total single use waste of you know and the thing of it is, is that I don't know what is going to really, is it going to take, is legislation really going to make a change or does it get, it needs to be people or? I have no idea. I think like taxes just on where the plastic comes from. I mean, most of it's manufactured in China. So I feel like if they, you know, increased taxes and started just pushing different um, options for people to use, you know? That's true. Or making stuff better that's not plastic or if it's like, make it so it doesn't break you know i feel like everything's made so cheaply so you have to buy something every year or whatever i know it's so true we were just yeah. talking about that because uh a woman that i work with she's getting ready to retire she was talking about she said fisher price toys the toys she's like i feel bad buying these toys for her grandkids because she said they're not even made of the same quality as they used yeah. 20 Absolutely. years ago yeah yeah it's just it's with everything I, like I'm total bad consumer too because I buy so much like random crap for the stuff that I do and sometimes I'll like cheap out and I you can really tell it's just like this thing is gonna break <laughs> to buy, I'm gonna have to buy another one you know or like yeah it's and a lot of that I mean I think I think the taxes on uh, all of the plastic goods coming in would be a big and and taxes and like making people pay for plastic bags you know yeah, it was funny. I was talking to a woman in Connecticut. She's like, do you know what? She's like, I keep forgetting. They just did it, started without the plastic bags, I think in July. 
She's like, do you know what it's like to go to Walmart and not and forget your plastic bag? She's like, you literally. She's like, I'm literally like just pouring all my all my uh, groceries and everything into the back of my truck and just kind of hoping it doesn't all shift all over the place when I'm driving. Yeah. So my like solution to that is just buying more bags. So I just, <laughs> I just keep them everywhere, you know, so I have them. So I know that if I go to the grocery store and need to like, even if I grab a few things, I can put them in there. But I'm okay. like the guy. I'm like the guy carrying all the stuff in my arm because I forgot my bag and I don't want to use a plastic <laughs> bag. Like I literally did that the other day and I was so embarrassed. I like dropped my shit and I was like, oh. That's man. what I was about to say. You know, one thing's gonna drop. It's gonna be the yeah. And I was yeah. like, I could just grab a plastic bag, but I don't. I don't grab it for any of the fruits or vegetables. None of that. Like I have all reusable cloth bags and. So, when so I now, now, out, now, now, I've, now I've been shamed into it. Now I gotta get yeah. my bags out. That's yeah, I, gotta... I know. Yeah, the vegetable and produce, that's a big one too. A lot of people like keep their stuff in plastic and it, it makes it go bad faster. When I buy a big head of romaine and put it in like a cloth bag that's breathable, it lasts so much longer. That's so true. It gets slimy and nasty. And all the other things have, you know, covers on them. And it's not healthy for you, from what I understand either. It's not yeah, like even, plastic. It's, just, it's not natural at all. Even like bulk items, they have, like at Whole Foods too, they have the weight of a mason jar. So you just bring in your mason jar, fill up spices, whatever you want. And, you know, they tear it right there. They, it's like they're pushing that, you know? Yeah. See, we need to do more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like definitely. all stores, you know, need to have like reminders. I feel like signs everywhere, you know, like reduce your use in plastic. But I know because it doesn't help just to have like in New York, they just have uh, we'll we'll credit you five cents if you bring your own bag. Yeah. People are you just? I think we're in such a it's a habit. Yeah, uh, using the absolutely. bag that unless awareness, there's more awareness. Um, people aren't going to do it. And I mean, like, it, yeah, and it's like, it, that's like pretty small scale. Imagine just like sporting events and just like how much waste goes into anything like a Broadway show or whatever. Everything's got plastic cups or served in plastic. Um, so it just goes so much farther out. Like it's just so much consuming that we all do. If we all just uh, do our part, it'll make a difference. I know. And you, and a lot of corporations too. I mean, I just went to the hockey game the other night and they switched over to aluminum cups and they're recyclable and they're gonna like keep it like relatively in-house recycling. So now all those hundreds and hundreds and thousands of plastic cups are gonna be reused as aluminum. You know, they're realizing like it's not, it's just, it's not something you can maintain doing. No, it's just not producing so much waste, you know? So now all the beers are served in aluminum cups. That's cool. That's pretty it is cool. cool. Yeah, because that's like a huge change. You know, like there's imagine how many sleeves of plastic cups they go through, and then it's just that just goes to a landfill. It doesn't get recycled. That's true. That's it's true. just a resource like used. You know, I don't know. Plastic yeah. is crazy, and it just became more wild with their production as technology increased. You know. Imagine if Walmart just gave up all their plastic bags. That oh God, I would, I would die. I wouldn't be able. To. <laughs> I always gotta go get something plastic from Walmart. I can't have it. It's like so bad. Like I have tools and like I always put them in bins and like I have everything in little like plastic stuff. And I'm like, at least I'm using it more than like 
you know, just a single use, but still, it's like everything around us. Oh my God, my mom used to be, she used to be the mom that would wash out the like the Ziploc bags and hang yeah, out the my dry. mom too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Same thing, yeah. Wash the bags, wash the tin foil. Everything, like it was, yeah, just, it got used, it got used over again, like she'd fold it all up and yes. just, yeah. Yes, my, so my roommates like see me like picking through the garbage just because I'm pulling out the recyclables. <laughs> Oh my like, dude, I just can't help it. It's just like ingrained in me that my mom wants me to recycle all the time. Oh my goodness, I have bags of recycles yeah. in my in, no, it's that I haven't had a chance to take over. That's just like I got to get rid of it right now. Yeah, we live with there. five. There's like five people in this household. Uh, it's like a separated duplex, and every two weeks that trash can is like the recycling bin is jam packed, like a big one. Oh, like really? Jam packed, like overflowing it. Yeah, this is crazy. That's all like mostly single use stuff, you know? Yeah, and see, that's the thing. And it's weird because not everywhere in New York do you have to recycle. No, that's, yeah. Yeah, I you have, just... I have a landlord that he owns like the whole block pretty much. Mm -hmm. And we have no recycling at all. We should. But we oh, don't. really? Yeah. yeah. We, so we didn't either. We had to call and start paying to get it. But I feel so much better now because like... Oh, see, now you've guilted me again. See, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, your generation is the future. See, yeah. my uh, generation is just like, oh, I feel bad. Mm, good luck to you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't really set it up for anybody, you know, that like older than your generation. Like they didn't make it either. It's just, it's all taking a long time to get to this point, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but at the same like, time, we got to think about like our grandkids. Like for me, it'd be like my grandkids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the kids that are coming now. And how do you feel about um, technology as far as when your children are coming up? Are you going to, I see kids with like the iPad at like two It's years so old. hard because it's like, it's such an easy thing to like, <laughs> like my sister's kid is insane. Sammy is just, we call him Godzilla. <laughs> he tears the house down, but like you give him the iPad and he kind of chills out for a little bit. I know. It's like, and the be like standing on the iPad, watching it, like standing on top of it. <laughs> but you know, like it's, I feel like that's a lot of, it's like a babysitter for a lot of parents. Um, if like kids are freaking out and they just like hand him a phone and that's it. Like, right exactly i know i i didn't so realize weird. i don't even know what it was for us when we were younger like game boys maybe or something but even game that, boy like, <laughs> yeah like a black and white video game on a two like <laughs> <three screen. laughs> we, got, we got like color coming in and it was like the most amazing thing ever that there's like two bit color characters i know right sega <laughs> yeah and now you can like download full games on your phone it's it's crazy that's it definitely crazy. way different. I think it should be used less. I think a lot of kids are too young when they get such a capable device. And they're smart. I mean, you can look anything up on the internet. I know. <laughs> like, figure it out. It's like, oh, my parents put like a thing on my phone. Well, there's probably a way that they can figure out. Oh, I'm sure. Like, the hacking. But their friend has a way or something. You know, there's just, they're it's so cheap and abundant now. It's insane. They're practically giving them away, you know? That's the hard thing too, is that uh, they're cheap, they're abundant, they help, you know, it's, kids do need to know how to use computers and everything like that, but at that age, I think it takes them away from like, for example, like you said, how you're outdoors more. A yeah. lot of kids just sit inside all day and video games or stay on the computer and that's it. It's like, there's a whole world yeah. out there. 
Yeah, it's really up to the parents to just make it like a good mix of stuff, you know? I know it's tough. My sister's, you know, she, she has her hand full with just two kids. Imagine having more, but, you know, uh, just splitting up the time and making them go outside, you know? And play dates, like not everybody, not all kids can play like by themselves out in the open, you know? It takes like other people to enhance experiences when you're a kid, you know? It's like, that's true. You know, when I was a kid, I was always trying to one-up the kid who was getting all muddy. I'm like, oh, you're going to get muddy? I'm going to get muddier or something, you know? It just, exactly. like, makes it easier for the kids to feed off each other. And, yeah, it's, it's, it all has to do with the parents and really how they, you know, split the time up between that stuff. Because you can. There's no reason you can't play video games. Like, I, everybody, you know, kids growing up. It's not so much Sunday cartoons anymore, you know? It's like, I want to wake up and play some video games. <laughs> yeah, true that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what do you think that, um, as far as the next generation, as far as when you have children, what's one thing that you would like to see happen? Or what would you like to see? Um, what do you hope for your children? I don't know. I guess just like hope for like a some sort of environment that's sustainable. I mean, I think now uh, is like a tipping point that we're reaching that a lot of families don't really think about so much. Um, I mean, you're not really thinking about your kids' kids when they're like eight years old, but in reality, that's like a big generational gap where a lot of stuff is gonna happen and change. Right. Um, so I think that would be a, an, an important thing for me is just like how my nephew is going to grow up like we're already experiencing a lot of different um weather yeah, i mean like every year we're hearing about a different thousand year storm or three thousand year storms and yeah. a you know it's just uh it's becoming more and more um prevalent every day i think and yeah that and just like the usage i mean the, the population of our world is just always going up Right. This is the most humans that have ever inhabited it, and it's just gonna keep, <laughs> yeah, it's just going to keep going. You know, there's got to be ways, whether it's technological advances or, and those kids are going to be responsible for a lot of that stuff. And then I just don't want the kids to be, it kind of have to be where they're cleaning up our mess. Yeah. They have to. They're they're. I mean, that's starting like now, you know. Yeah. Like in the, the 60s and 70s when all the Clean Water Act and all that stuff was like put in, that's still relatively new. Like a lot of environmental destruction happened before those things were in place. And now those things are getting rolled back by Trump's administration. And then they're going to get rolled forward again. Like there's no constant forward progress in any of that stuff. It's always just forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards. Or... But I feel like uh, before it was ignorance. And now I feel like people know better and they just don't do better. Yeah. But then like you find out that America and like some other crazy country are the only countries to back out of like the climate uh, treaty in Paris. Yeah. Um, and it kind of makes it think like <laughs> all right, us in this basically third world country that's like totally socialist or whatever has some crazy government going on. Uh, we're the only ones that don't want to include ourselves in this. Like, that's yeah. it was easy as that. Like, it was easy as Donald Trump getting elected as president. And I, I hate to get political and stuff. It's such no, a, that's no, that's cool. I just, I was just it's such uh, a blip in time, too. Like, four years goes by so fast for us, but four years in a political world, so much shit happens. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't even keep uh, up with it these no. past four years. Your head's like spinning. 
Oh yeah, you don't. It's like, are we coming or going? What's going on? What's, what's, it's just what's unbelievable. Real? I can't even. That's like a whole other topic that you can just go on and on about. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next. Uh, yeah, the kids yeah. are definitely going to have to step up and do something. Younger members in Senate and the House and Congress and just that stuff needs to get more. Uh, you know, proactive, younger type of people who want to like face these things, these challenges, rather than just ignoring them. And, you know, what about like Dan Man- Mangieri for mayor? Like, why is that? <laughs> yeah, somebody told me, they were like, you should run for mayor, Tibble, or something. I was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, like, I like being part of the community, but, uh, you know, it's, my community outreach is usually much different. Um, right, yeah, that's how yeah. I feel too. I, I'd rather be on the grassroots side of things. My friend is the mayor typically right now, and he's like people that were my friends like hate me now because I have to be the mayor and like I have to do these things. It's not like, That's what happens when you become the boss, or you become. Yeah. There's uh, you just you undertake these like repercussions you didn't know you were gonna have exactly. to That's deal with exactly from like it. your neighbor that's been your neighbor for 35 years or whatever. Right, you're just like, listen, you can't do that. Yeah. He's like, but wait, I, you you knew. Well, now I'm nope. the mayor. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. will always pull that card. That's the rough thing about it when you yeah. become when you move up like that. Yeah, People absolutely. People are always yeah. trying to pull that card. Like, you know me. My yeah. Son, no, my I'm... son's dealing with that right now because he's he's managing a restaurant and he moved his way up. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, hey, so we're cool, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's like. Bridges get burned fast in the, the restaurant industry, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like always a rotating door. <laughs> ah, yeah, it always is. Except where he's at now, it's just kind of like it's the same people. I think he probably wishes some people would leave, but nope, they're there. Yeah. Oh, they're stuck with them. Yeah. Out there, over here, it's crazy. Like the job turnarounds for all that stuff is. I mean, my roommate's in the restaurant industry and it's just crazy. And people are hopping around all the time in different places. They have some good uh, Mexican food out there. Oh, where you're at. Yeah. oh, it was amazing. That was the one you thing. You hit like, me up. I would have told you the spots. I know, right? Uh, oh. My favorite spot is La Villa Real. It's on West Alameda in Federal. And it's this little food truck and they have the best tacos. Everything is so good from there. I was so shocked. It tasted so authentic and yes. the flavor yeah. just uh, oh it's so good like right down the road i get two dollar breakfast burritos with like homemade green chili and oh tacos out here are amazing yeah yeah way different i mean but you can't get good pizza so that's like the trade-off <laughs> nothing like new, Not york, new york, pizza. york like you'll eat, yeah you'll eat a slice of pizza anywhere in new york whereas here you gotta be like they'll be cutting the pizza like all different ways putting honey on on it and shit like stuff that just doesn't go down in new york Uh, like you cannot cannot call that pizza (laughs) yeah tacos and barbecue out here yeah really good i know that's what my uh my husband's from alabama he's like you guys do not know how to do barbecue oh no yeah yeah no absolutely not so um Dan, I am so psyched that you came on my podcast. That's so yeah. cool. Like, this you know, is so much fun. I was thinking about it, and, like, I've told the story a lot of times about just, like, what happened and how, like, everything kind of fell together. I mean, you read more of it, like, how I, I got the trailer from my friend who it was, like, our childhood band growing up, and they gave it to right. me at such a good price, and, like, 
everything just kind of like fell in line, you know, like I gave up looking on places and then this last place, this guy's like, the key is under a rock, here's the address. <laughs> I'm like going to this giant 1800 square foot house with a garage and big ass driveway and backyard. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is this real? Like, yeah. So it was cool. I was excited to get out here. And uh, I mean, I'm, people always say I can talk forever. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's it. That's your charm. Yeah, like, well, right, right. You get it honestly. Your mom, man, she's like, oh yeah, yeah, the most amazing. Like when I started reading everything, I, I started crying. I was like, oh my god, I gotta compose myself. Yeah, I'm compose definitely a mama's myself. boy for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I miss her a lot. That's that's for sure. Yeah, just the one and only, man. She's like, and I know she's she has to be so proud of you because like you are definitely. Yeah, she's like, she's influenced me to do everything. She bought me my first skateboard, guitar, guitar lessons, all that stuff. Like everything I know. Everybody's like, how do you know how to do all that stuff? I'm like my mom just like invested in her money in my experiences. You know, like uh, my girlfriend says it all the time. It's like money can buy you things, but also money can buy you experiences that you'll use for the rest of your life, you know? That's it. Uh, and when you're a kid, like, you know, that's a huge influence on your life. And that's it, yeah. yeah. Like, you're gonna be, like, I cannot wait to see you as you, like, move on and do other things and just see what's up. And, you yeah, know. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy world out here. I just feel like everybody's always got to keep working until they die. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but maybe one day I'll be able to like truly live the dream of like a much more, I mean, it's nice now. Everybody's always envious of the amount of time I have to do stuff, but yeah, it unwinds. Everybody else has like, you know, pensions or whatever. They have retirement and yeah. stuff going on with their careers. And I'm like, I'm still just self-employed, you know? But that's but, all good, though. That's all. It good. is. Yeah, it yeah, is. Totally definitely. is all good. But I'm you do start to you start to think, though, like, okay, oh, well, yeah. hmm. And that hasn't really that like kind of thinking hasn't really started until you know later on in life. So yeah, that's true. So, but listen, I am so psyched. Thank you so much. You definitely yeah, of course are like that millennial that like took your creativity and your skill, and then you put it together with like, hmm, let me try to do this, and let me just. You know, and you don't know, like your relationship to failure is that, okay, I tried it. And like you said, yeah. your mom told you like, hey, you know what? You'll never know unless you try. Yep. And you're a perfect example of that, so. Yeah, and always asking asking people for help, you know? Even when yeah. people, you know, you, you got plenty of support network and stuff. I know some people don't, but you, you know, you could always reach out to some somebody or. Well, know. that's the thing is that you have to ask for it. You gotta be, yeah. you, you gotta put yourself out there. Yeah, exactly. That's so, the case. If you're yeah. gonna fail, at least have some like good friends to talk to and <laughs> try and scap shit back up in your life and get going again. But yeah, absolutely. It's all good. All right, Dan. Thank cool. you so well, much. Good seeing you again, Maria. Oh, definitely. Right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.